Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Monday evening, everybody. We are freshly back from the wildness that is Flamingo, Florida. I am tired. I'm still tired. Um, I hurt in places I didn't know could hurt. <laughs> um, I'm flying solo tonight. Pepe Vidal has... Uh, a lot of catching up to do at home from missing so many days. So bear with me as we try to go through a real quick rundown of this past weekend's events. First and foremost, I'd like to thank all of my sponsors and all of those who stepped up to help make this uh, trip possible for the space coast kayak angler crew that went down there again. Uh, we showed up and, we fished and we had a good time uh, with, you know, with the setbacks aside, <clears throat> as far as the delay and start time and all that kind of stuff, somehow or another, uh, two of our teams, I think two of our teams still managed to uh, hit at least three checkpoints. Randy English and Wade Hollowell, the team, the Boudin clan, showed up and, and surprised, I think, a lot of folks and unofficially, officially took fourth place. So congratulations. I see Randy's there in the chat room. I'd also like to thank Randy for being the chauffeur of the weekend. Speed limit's 55, Randy. 55. <laughs> um, yeah. It was fun, man. We had a good time. Alex Gorichke and I, Team Kayaks by Bo, we ended up taking seventh place. Uh, if you want to count it, you know, <laughs> we took seventh place with one fish. So that goes to tell you kind of how how tough it was. It was uh, it was tough, man. Got the biggest redfish of the uh, of the deal. So that was pretty cool right off the bat. So it was uh it was fun, man. We got down there on Thursday. We kind of hung out, just kind of got our bearings about us, and <clears throat> yeah, mullet guts. We uh we set up camp and we were just kind of chilling, hanging out, having a good time. 
Friday rolled around and we decided, all right, let's go in the back country since I think most of us, well, it was windy to start, but I think most of us pretty much knew that getting out there and being able to find fish on the outside shouldn't be a problem for those of us that are used to sight fishing. At least that was the theory. So we decided to, uh, we decided to go back in the back country and check it out. It was pretty awesome. Um, caught a bunch of fish, caught a bunch of trout, reds, um, a few snook, ladyfish, jacks, Spanish mackerel, caught all kinds of stuff in the back. And, uh, Everything that I caught came off of a Slayer SST or a Slayer STB in pearl white or in um, ghost shrimp color. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alex is sending me text messages as we speak. Okay. Anyhow, um, we covered a bunch of miles. We had a good time. You know, now that I've had some time to sit back and kind of reflect on the events, on the tournament itself, you know, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't as smooth and as, I don't know. To me, it didn't run as as smoothly as the first one. Um, the, The course itself was laid out, I guess you could say, fairly well. But unless you had a trolling motor on your kayak, there was no way in hell you were hitting more than three checkpoints. I mean, Alex and I did everything we could do in our hobies to try and make it to, to two checkpoints and have time to fish at the second one, giving us just a short time to get to the third one. And, you know, I'll give you an idea. For those of you who didn't make it down there, there were 40, I believe 48 teams that competed. <clears throat> and out of those 48 teams three made all three checkpoints and caught fish at each checkpoint. I say all three, you only had to have three checkpoints to qualify. There was actually supposed to be five checkpoints and they knocked one of the checkpoints out because it was just way too far out of the way. And they had one in the back country. Uh, So yeah, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know. The one in the the tournament in Everglades City, there was there was a lot there was a lot of uh there was a lot of uh checkpoints that were closer together. And when I say that, I don't mean like within a couple hundred yards. I mean there were they were still pretty far away. I mean you know, a couple of miles. But it took Alex and I I think the better part of an hour and a half to get from the blue checkpoint to the far west checkpoint on the outside. I mean, I think that's about how long it took us because we were trying to plan and see how long it would take for us to get back to the checkpoint that was near the the original launch. But uh, we were delayed in the morning. Um, The guys putting the tournament together forgot, (laughs) forgot the measuring boards at the hotel which I don't know. It's one of those things in the when you wake up in the morning and you're ready for a tournament, you're pretty much like amped. Like your adrenaline's starting to flow a little bit. You're getting really, really excited. And, uh, you know, you're really, really pumped 
to just get out there and get after it and, and put in your best day, you know? And then when you get told that you're going to have to sit around and wait an hour, knowing you're going to lose that hour of fishing, which it turned out to be almost two hours, then it was about an hour and 30 minutes or so. Um, you know, that's a lot of time that that's ticked off the clock. So when you sit down and you look at it, you know, a bunch of guys and I had talked to each other. Um, we, we sat down and talked and we were like, well, here, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to hit these checkpoints in this amount of time? I mean, it just didn't seem possible. So when we finally got the, uh, when we finally got the, um, the measuring boards, I told Alex, our game plan was, was pretty much, yeah, there you go, 8.20, we left out of the start. There you go. We're supposed to leave at 7, so an hour and 20 minutes late. Anyhow, when I, left out of this, when I left out of the launch, I had Alex stay up there by the check-in, grab our, grab our measuring board, and then run down to the water, and we both took off. We had probably pretty close to about a 200-yard lead leaving the launch which is what I was hoping for to take that to snake bite, which was the blue checkpoint. Our, our idea was let's get up there. It's sight fishing up there. Let's get up there, get on the flat before it's beat to hell and back and get our fish and get out of there. And in as little time as possible. So, you know, <clears throat> we took off, we did pretty well. And we, we pushed ourselves a little hard on Friday. And I know that it started to affect Alex a little bit because he's not quite used to the turbo fins in his outback yet. And there's the difference between <clears throat> pedaling with those standard fins and pedaling with those turbo fins. I mean, you can definitely feel the difference. But either way, so we started to have to slow up a little bit. We were getting passed by a couple of people, actually a bunch of teams. But um I will be I'll be the first one to say I seriously doubt they're listening to this podcast but if anyone was there and you guys saw the team from Nova Scotia that came down and rented a, a a canoe to do this thing if you were not impressed with those people then I don't know I I don't know what would impress you husband and wife team jumped in this canoe and took off like a bat out of hell I think they were the second team to check in at blue checkpoint I mean, they were gone. They checked out, and we tried to catch them. We just couldn't. We couldn't keep up. They were. They were just completely gone. <laughs> yeah, Drew, I know what you're talking about. So, um, you know, we got up there to the blue checkpoint and got checked in into the ditch. <laughs> the, I mean, again, I guess that was part of the intention, just to make this thing as miserable as possible. Uh, but that ditch leading into the checkpoint itself absolutely sucked for anybody in anything other than a paddle, like a normal paddle style kayak, you know, that, that PA doesn't like mud and, and, and slop, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, they end up taking the, the, the yeah, thank you for saying that, bro. The, uh, the folks from Canada ended up getting big snook. They caught a 28 inch snook at the blue checkpoint. And, uh, they ended up taking the biggest snook of the tournament. That was pretty cool. 
But anyhow, so Alex and I got our token. Um, we decided to hit a back bay that we saw on the way up. And because it, it looked pretty promising, there was a bunch of bait in there flicking around and whatnot. The only thing I saw the whole time we were in that bay was just a bunch of sharks. And so, you know, Alex and I were kind of debating whether or not we were going to stay there, what we should do. And I'm like, dude, on the way in, I saw a bunch of fish on the right side, on the right side of the canal. Um, let's get in there. Let's get after it on the inside of the canal. So we jumped over there, found a little trough that ran up into the canal and uh, gave us a little bit of depth of water to get up on that flat. And I'll tell you what, if you've never fished in Flamingo, especially around snake bite and those whole areas, well, really just the entire area, the bottom is the consistency of like wet putty. It's, 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 it's mud, but it's crushed coral type mud to where when it dries, it's like concrete. I mean, it's, it's strange, but it was really hard to push pole in. And, uh, there's no, there was no pedaling in that shallow stuff. So we stood up, we were looking for fish. I had a couple shots at some reds early, missed them. And then Alex popped a, uh, 25 and a, was it 25 and a quarter inch redfish. Looking back at the photo, we could have gotten a extra credit for, for being 25 and a half, but who cared at that point, but 25 and a quarter inch redfish at the blue, which gave us what 51 inches or so leaving out of that spot or 50, 50 and a half inches, I guess. Yeah. Whatever it was leaving out of that spot. So we were pretty stoked. <clears throat> We thought we had a, a pretty legit chance at this thing if we could just find two more fish. So turn around, go to burnout, and, and, and haul butt up to the next checkpoint we wanted to hit, which was past the one in front of the, the campground. And uh, I don't know what color it was. I don't remember. But uh, the far west one, I guess. But we got up there, and on the way to it, we're blowing redfish out after redfish out and giant snook. And it was stupid. The amount of fish we saw going to that checkpoint. So we kept trying to keep a mental note of, um, yeah, we tried to keep a mental note of what was going on, uh, as we were paddling up to the next checkpoint. So when we got there, we can kind of double back and hit a spot where we might've saw some fish, whatever. So that's, that was our game plan. We did that. We got to the next checkpoint. We came back out. We uh, we hit some areas. We saw some snook get blown out of some potholes and stuff. Didn't really do a whole lot at that point. Um, and then all of a sudden I look over and I see a, this big green patch of grass. And I'm thinking to myself, man, there's got to be something laid there. The tide is just starting to really kick to the other side. And, and there's a little bit of water movement on the one end. So uh, I flip out a... Uh, uh, what was the ghost shrimp SST from Slayer Inc. And immediately gets hit. And it's a small trout, you know, 15, 16 inches, something like that. And I get it within, I don't even know, maybe like two foot of the nose of the kayak. And about a six foot lemon shark decides to make it its breakfast. Just out of nowhere, kaboom, blows up on the thing and cut me off. And I'm just standing there and just like, really? <laughs> Did that really just happen? And, and I've seen tons, we saw tons of sharks on the flats. So it wasn't, I wasn't surprised that that was going to happen eventually. I was just pretty bummed that it happened to us because we really needed that fish. And the camera, there was a camera boat that started to follow us after we left out of that checkpoint, the blue checkpoint. And the guys were like, dude, we totally saw that, man. That was awesome. And I was like, yeah. 
That was pretty cool, man. That was definitely worth the price of admission, I think is what I said. And then the camera guy reminded me that, yeah, but that could that price of admission could have just cost you the tournament. So, you know, my, my I guess my uh, excitement for us being in a pretty good position at that point kind of started to falter a little bit. And uh, I looked over, uh, no, no, no sleigh ride, bro. It, it was that shark must have swallowed that trout down to its butthole as soon as he ate it because it, it, the rod didn't even flinch. It was just like, bam, and it was gone. So uh, I look over, and Alex is sitting there, and he's uh, he's flipping and flipping and flipping. And, you know, all of a sudden, this, like, six-foot tarpon comes cruising by us. And at this point, I'm just like, you know what, dude? Running out of time. There's probably no way in hell we're going to hit three checkpoints. I'm not passing up an opportunity to throw at a six-foot tarpon. So I threw a jerk bait to uh, the tarpon. He turned on it, looked at it, and then swam off. And my heart got, a, you know, a little racy there for a second. Excuse me, thinking that it was actually going to happen, and it didn't. So we slide over into the chocolate milk, not even chocolate milk. We slide over into the milk of magnesia water, pure white water, and we start casting around there. And uh, yeah, it was interesting, man. Um, anyway. <clears throat> It was interesting there. We we threw some dark colored uh, baits in that white water to see if we can maybe get some attention from something, and we threw some light colored baits as well. Turned around and uh, Alex hooked a snook up underneath a mangrove tree, and in typical snook fashion, it darted out at him, head shaking towards him, and threw the hook. So that was two fish that we lost at that checkpoint. And at that point, we were both just like totally just bummed. Wind was out of our sails. We, we tried to pick it up and try and find another fish before we checked our token back in. It just didn't happen. So we were down to just won't. We were basically out of the event as far as winning. We knew that. But we wanted to get in and hit at least one more checkpoint because we figured that if you hit at least one more checkpoint and catch a fish, say you caught a fish you know, at, at two out of the three checkpoints, knowing how hard it was to get to just two checkpoints, there may have been a uh, an opportunity to pick up um, some kind of a place in the tournament if they were going to just do that kind of as like a wow you know only a few teams made it well here would here would have been your top ten it still looks good to be in that top few teams or whatever so we hauled butt to uh, the checkpoint that was right I think it was, I guess it was purple that was right out front and. Uh, Wade and Randy were already over there fishing. We slid up. We had like not even 15 minutes. We had like 10 minutes to spare. We got the token, slid up around some mangrove trees, threw up underneath the trees, hoping to pull a snook. Nothing happening. I look at, I ask Alex what time it was. He's like, dude, we're good. We got like three minutes. And I'm like, three minutes, three minutes to get in line, dude, not three minutes to check in our token. So we spun around and we went back over pulled the boats up on the, on the dock and ran or pulled the boats up on the land and ran um, to the, the, the start finish line of sorts. And we made it in on time, but you know, we didn't have three fish. We only had one, the one fish to show for it. So by the way that things kind of unfolded, that's why in the beginning of the show, I said the unofficial results <laughs> was like, 
the booby prizes went to those of us that at least we completed three checkpoints. Um, regardless of how many fish we caught, at least we checked in at three different checkpoints. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, it, it, it just, you know, I don't know. It, you know, it's like, there was no prize to, to, to hit three checkpoints and not, and without, without actually catching the three fish. Right. So, I mean, does it, to me, does it, does it really make a difference that we play seventh? I mean, it sounds cool, you know, but in reality, there's, there was three teams that placed. Um, yeah. First place was Finn crazy, uh, team number two, which was, uh, Casey burning and Steve Gibson, Steve M Gibson with 92 total inches. Then you had um, Finn Crazy 3 um, with Michael Etheridge and uh, Walt Palin, and they had 79.8 inches. And then team, team number uh, – third place team was Canaveral Spotted Monsters, uh, Norman Betty and Chris – I think it was Delapa, Delapa, something like that. Uh, and he had 74.8 inches as well. So, you know, I mean, those guys did a, a hell of a job. And I'm going to tell you right now, from, from, from sitting back and, and watching this whole thing unfold, if, you guys, if, anybody, if any of you guys were, are listening that were there, you have to understand how, how difficult that, that, that has to have been to plan your route in such a way that you had enough time to catch a fish at three checkpoints. So kudos to those dudes. Super stoked to see Steve Gibson. Um, when uh it, it was really awesome man those f the uh fin crazy guys effing crazy guys um i'll tell you what man they there's a story behind their trip that is just absolutely incredible i mean absolutely incredible uh one of their teams they were uh they got stuck out and on friday night they got stuck out in the middle of the marsh um they were out there till I think four o'clock in the morning before they finally made it back to the camp. So I don't know. That was crazy. Um, all in all, I think that it, 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 I mean, if I could be brutally honest, I think that the tournament itself did not go off. I wouldn't imagine as they had planned. I think that it being changed, the locations being changed, thrown for a loop. Um, you know, I always have fun going to these types of events regardless because I don't care about tournaments. I like to just go and fish and have fun and talk to fellow like-minded kayak anglers. Um, you know, so I don't go in expecting to do anything in any of these things. I just like to go and camp and enjoy the camaraderie. But uh, the food was, was kind of a letdown for a lot of guys. I mean, there's a lot of folks that didn't get fed, I think, whether or not they didn't plan for enough food or just people took more food than they, uh, than they should have. Um, I don't know, but you know, these, these types of things are a lot of what you make it to. So we, we, at at the, the CDEC camp, as we, as we officially were known, uh, we didn't have any problem with food because most of us are heavy guys and we brought plenty. So, uh, 
that's pretty much how it went down. I don't know. You know, it, it's the it, it, it. I don't know this, this tournament. You know, I, and I'll probably get beat up for it. Um, but this tournament is a lot of fun. It, I mean, it, it it can be. Last year's event was was an absolute was an absolute incredible uh incredible tournament. I mean the way they did it was just awesome. Um the checkpoints were good, the fishing was great. Um everything about it ran ran smooth and and it didn't feel like a race. Like it just felt like it's an endurance thing is what it was, you know. Um I like the challenge of having to try and beat yourself or to beat others be more physically fit, be more, you know, be a better paddler, be a better fisherman, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that, uh, I don't know, man. You know, I, I didn't have any time to really sit down and talk to to the guys from Native who put it on because um, they were all pretty busy. But, you know, I'm definitely, there'll definitely be some, uh, There'll definitely be some words of advice and maybe words of encouragement coming their way from a lot of us, I think, in the next few weeks to come. There was a lot of money put out to fish this thing from some of us and, you know, for for something like forgetting the measuring boards to have happened was kind of a joke. Um, you know, that's just, that's just inexcusable. Uh, I mean, I, there's no other way to say it. Um, you know, but... They passed out T-shirts the night before. They should have passed out the the, the boards the night before too. Is the way I looked at it. But yeah, whatever. On a positive side, <clears throat> I can tell you that Flamingo is a place where I definitely have to get back to. I definitely want to go back down there and fish and and enjoy it because uh, man, there there there's some really good fishing to be had when you don't have to the pressure of having to race from checkpoint to checkpoint. I mean, I saw so many fish while we were there and so many different species of fish. And, uh, it was crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. I, I want to go back there with a skiff for sure. Skiff and some kayaks and, and bring, bring some extra fly rods and, and stuff like that because the number of tarpon and I'm not talking about little tarpon, the number of giant tarpon that I saw down there was just absolutely mind blowing. Um, I had one roll going through the snake bite channel that was, had to have been 120 pound fish. It was right in front of me. And I'm just like, really? You know, the camera boat was following us. And I look over at the guy. I'm like, I just want to catch him. Is that a problem? Can I fish now? Can I just quit the tournament fish and catch the stupid tarpon? But, whatever. I don't know, man. You know, it's, everybody has their own opinions of, of how things go and everything else like that. And, you know, I look at it as it, it, it it's just a shame that it kind of, in, in a way, it kind of has a black eye in my opinion. And I hope that it comes back next year. I hope that there's a possibility for it to uh, recoup. I think what it, what it had, you know, the, Somebody said it at the at the award ceremony. 
the first year was like, okay, let's let's try this out and see how it goes. It didn't sell out, of course, because there's a lot of people that looked at it like it was crazy. There's no way in hell I'm doing that, whatever the case may have been, but it didn't sell out. And then this year was like their, com- like their coming out party, you know, okay, cool. We did the first one. People loved it and it sold out and there was a waiting list for teams and, you know, everything was good and, you know, I don't know. I think that the course itself wasn't laid out well. I think that they, there was nobody – they didn't utilize any of the islands that were out in front of the, the campsites to points or any of the outer areas, even though that would have been a long trip too. At least it would have given us a little bit of a an opportunity to cover some deeper water and and some folks not have to get stuck because of tide and whatnot. But, but yeah, that cooker, man. The uh, con- convection charcoal cookers, is that what they're called? I think it was awesome. Um, the guys from uh, Louisiana had that thing. They had it loaded down with ribs and chicken one night. And uh, I'm going to have to get the guy who makes those things to come on the show, talk about them. Because I've eaten a lot of ribs. I've eaten a lot of chicken. But I've never eaten ribs and chicken. It tasted like that coming out of something that looks like it uh, should have a beer tap on top of it. But um, that was good, good stuff. So if anyone's in the chat room and uh, you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can feel free to put those up there if you'd like to. We'll pull caller in here. I think it's Captain Alex. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Tired still, man. Tired. Today was definitely the recoup day after driving all day yesterday and breaking down camp and everything. You almost didn't have a chance to recuperate at night, so definitely catch up today. Yeah, we're just going over uh, kind of, you know, our theories of how the thing worked and how it went and the whole thing. And uh, Mike's asking, New Smyrna Beach Mike is asking if I would do it again. I I would do it again. Yeah, I'd do it again. See, and that's just the thing. It's like, I would do it again, but I would I would need to know that everything is in place, and I and I would want to know an idea. Um, I would like to know an idea of what their plan would be for location, because you know the again going back to the way this course was laid out, um, I I just I don't think that it was humanly possible that even if we even if we left at seven that it's not humanly possible to hit all five checkpoints and that was the thing with the Everglades city tournament was that if you pushed yourself like we had to push ourselves to hit three if we pushed ourselves that hard at the Everglades city one anyone could have hit five checkpoints would you agree alex absolutely yeah it was um it was well i mean uh randy english laid it out on the chart plotter um, you know, we did only three checkpoints and right at 24 miles, I think is what he, what he had. They were practically the same water we did. Um, you know, yeah, it was a little, a little too stretched out. Um, not enough breaking up. Uh, there's definitely, definitely going to need, need to be a little, a little retooling, I think, um, of the situation. The venue I think was good. Um, you know, the fishing obviously was there. Uh, they just, uh, I don't know, maybe they need to take more of a fisherman's look at it than, than a paddling look at it or, 
or what needs to happen. But um, I'd love to fish it again. I'd have a hard time fishing it again if I knew the format was going to be exactly the same as it was this year and potentially have the same pitfalls that it did this year. So it was, um, you know, it was still a good day, and, and uh, you know, things would have gone a little different from different situations. You know, you and I could have very easily right up there, you know, in the top three with, with the other people that were able to make the three checkpoints and make fish at the three checkpoints. It's just, uh, it was, um, you know, it was, it was upsetting in the fact that, um, you know, they didn't have a viable option for the backwater and the, the Florida Bay side. Um, and, and because of that, they should have just determined one or the other to fish. Um, you know, having any kind of separation between the two was just, it was, it just didn't work out. Um, that was one of the best things I think about our pre-fishing, even though we got it, hand, me and you got it handed to us coming across Whitewater Bay. Um, I still can't wait to see some of the footage from your, <laughs> from your camera from that one. Um, yeah, I don't uh, want to talk about know, that, by the way. <laughs> that was ugly, you know, I'm ugly, but, but I'm glad we did it because we had, had I draw, drove all the way down there and, uh, tournament day, we, we weren't looking at the backwater at all pretty much. And, uh, you know, I ha- had I not fished it the day before, I would have been, been pretty miffed that we didn't get to go see some of the places that I wanted to see, you know, and, um, and they just, uh, they, they, there's definitely some things that need to be worked on. Um, it is a great tournament. It's a great format. It's interesting. It makes you think. It makes you work. And, you know, you got to be on your game, not just with the, the fishing, but with your time management and everything. That Those aspects of the tournament, I think, are solid and, uh, and good aspects. However, some of the execution this year was left a little bit to be desired. So... Well, yeah, I mean, and to me, that's the, that's the thing about this type of an event is that, you know, it's not a typical tournament. I mean, uh, uh, Drew Mixon's in the chat room, and he says the a- AF- AFWC is an event. There are a few like it every year, Boondoggle, the Extreme Series. It is not a regular tournament. It needs to be managed as such. Detailed logistics are a must. A seasoned tournament angler needs to be on the tournament committee. And I agree with him. I know exactly what he's saying. Um it's just, um, you know, it, it the idea of uh, of a pullover, the idea of a, um, uh, you know, the backwater, the open, the open Florida Bay, that kind of thing. It just did. It didn't make a lot of sense to me to begin with because of knowing how long it takes to get back there and how long it takes to get out. There's just there wasn't that kind of time, you know. There was there was way too many other options that they could have gone with as far as other checkpoints out in the Bay that would have given the guys that wouldn't have given anybody an an idea to go back in the back, which to me made no sense to begin with. As soon as we looked at the map, I even said, I think I even said to you, we're not going to the back. It doesn't make any sense because we're just, we'll lose way too much damn time. You know, because you just couldn't physically... so what? their their thing was that is is if you did that pullover that you'd be able to, to manage that. And unfortunately they didn't think about that pullover very well. And uh and transitioning from, you know, kayak to ground to kayak 
and and in the assumption that that somebody would be willing or able even to manage four miles, some of it through the woods, some of it down a street, you know, pulling their kayak behind them. That's just not really a feasible, you know, it's just with with still trying to manage, it's just not feasible. I mean, two teams did it. One team, they killed them. It put them out of the tournament. They quit. The other team made it, but didn't even make it back in time to get to to get checked in. Cute, so. Yeah. Well, and the, th- the thing, hang on a second, Gene just asked a question. She said, I thought you had to hit a minimum of three checkpoints for fish to qualify at all. Why bother paddling all the way to blue if I could win hitting two checkpoints and fishing all, I mean, fishing those all day? Uh, I guess I'm confused. You have to catch, listen, in order to place, uh, officially placed, you have to catch a fish at three checkpoints. It's the same as it was last year. Um, you have to catch at least one scoring fish at at least three checkpoints. So the idea of the blue checkpoint for Alex and I was I'm, I would much rather paddle the snake bite than to paddle down that creek or that, that, that canal, go into the backwater, go up through the little, the little uh, uh, mangrove tunnel, get my token, have to come out of that, and then fish Coop Bay, which Coop Bay, there wasn't, there really wasn't anything in Coop Bay that I saw that was worth the crap to try and catch, you know? And so we figured hit blue, come back, skip over the one right out front, because if you do that, then when you get to that one, at least you, you can fish up to the last minute, go down to what was that, black or whatever it was, the one all the west, and then come back to the one in the middle. Red. Whatever it was, red, whatever. And um, it's just, you know, can you imagine how different it would have been if we started at seven and had, see, the silver checkpoint, nobody would have ever made it to it. That's the thing is like, you know, when you look at the map, you know, when you look at the map, nobody would have ever made it to that checkpoint and made it to two other checkpoints. There was no way, there's no way, and and caught fish, because you literally would have to pull up get your token, turn around, and haul ass for the next checkpoint. Like, there's just no way you could have done it, you know. And uh, I I don't think – I just don't think anybody could have made it to it, man. I really don't, you know. there 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 was big fish. Honestly, there was big fish at blue. There were huge snook along that along that uh that channel, you know, and there was uh there was some big fish on the inside, but you know I look at it like again, and I'll go back to last year because last year was the bar that they set that I think they set really really high. We didn't have four minutes to fish at a checkpoint last year. We had forty five minutes or an hour to fish at a checkpoint last year, and if you manage your time. You could even fish a little bit longer than that if you weren't going to try and hit four or five checkpoints. So, you know, it, it, I don't know. But what are you going to do? It was I, I had a great time. I always enjoy fishing with, with my buddies and seeing some of my old friends, making new friends. Um, it's a shame because, as Drew pointed out and a lot of other people pointed out, um, it's just, you know, it's a lot of money wasted, man, for for guys that are hardcore serious about tournaments. You know, when you get down there and 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 it's like 
decision-making processes didn't seem to really work very well. I don't know. That fins is still placed higher than people that hit all three. Uh, no, I don't think that. I think that uh, Gene asked if, if there's teams that only hit two that placed higher than people that hit all three. Um, no, I don't think so. The uh, the only ones that um, the only teams that I know that the, that they kind of gave a place to were those that that still finished three checkpoints. You know, I don't know. I didn't see anybody else that finished only two checkpoints and caught two fish that placed in the top ten. I thought everybody else hit at least three, but I don't know. And, and, and again. Let, let's be honest here, okay? There were there were three prizes. So the the first place, second place, and third place team won prizes, and then they gave away um they gave away uh they gave me and Alex each a fifty dollar gift card um for the biggest redfish. They gave the folks from Canada a fifty dollar each gift card for the biggest snook and uh, Chip Gibson and the clone got a gift card for the biggest trout. How many fish caught a double checkpoint in rattlesnake? Um, I think, I don't think very many. I think there was only like a handful of fish. I know that D Kaminsky came in right before Alex and I, she had a 22 and something inch red fish or 21 and something inch red fish. And then Alex and I had our fish, and uh, that was 25 and a quarter. And then right after that, I guess it would have been Wade and Randy came in with a 22-inch redfish. So, you know, that's why, yeah, and, and I, agree with, I agree with Jean. She says, I agree, the top, the top three are champs no matter what. No doubt. I mean – when when you sit back and you look back at the, at the actual you look back at the actual uh total inches or 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 the total amount of fish caught for those those three teams and being able to do so under those conditions those guys rocked it man yeah my disaster story you want to hear a disaster story so uh which was funny because as I'm coming in as I'm coming in to get in line Everybody, uh, people kept asking me, are you the guy who had the shark eat his, eat his trout? And I'm like, God, just keep rubbing it in, people. Um, yeah, I had a, a trout get eaten by a lemon shark right off the bow of my boat that came out of nowhere. And that was awesome um, until I realized that I really needed that trout. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. But uh, we had 50, what did we have 51, 50, 50 and a half inches or something like that, Alex? Yeah, right around that, something like that. Yeah, so, and that's why whenever people ask, oh, you know, oh, you guys finished seventh. Well, yeah, I mean, we're unofficially seventh place. <laughs> like, you know, the unofficial official spot for us, I guess, would be seventh because at least we hit three checkpoints and we had a fish, you know. Um, but I agree with uh, I agree with what um, a lot of guys have been saying, and that's uh, – that was the thing. I mean, it, it was if you if you went all the way up the snake bite and you didn't and you didn't catch a fish, you were done. 
your day's over. Like there's no coming back from that. And, and that, and, you know, and that truly, that's what separated last year's event from this year's event was last year's event. Peppy and I caught a trout, a silver trout, sugar trout, whatever the hell you want to call it. And, uh, I told him to take a picture of it, and we both decided to forget it. Don't worry about it, because it's got to be a spotted sea trout. And uh, we threw we threw the fish back, and we left that checkpoint without a fish, but we were still able to hit another another checkpoint. So that would have been really good for us, you know, because I mean, I mean, it worked out really good for us because we we had enough time to fish that other checkpoint. We just couldn't score another fish. This one. There's, there's just no way, man. When you, when you decide to make whichever way you went, whether you went in the back country first or out the snake bite, either way you went, you, you had to catch a fish there, period. You couldn't leave until you caught a fish. There's nowhere to go. Like we're, you can't make it up, you know, and try and win the boats anyways or try and place in the top anyways, you know, so – for Alex and I, leaving the second checkpoint was one of those things where we decided, look, we're pretty much out of time. Like we have enough time to get back there. Say that we say that we at least made it, you know, and uh, you know made it to three checkpoints and try and pull something out of our hat as far as getting one more fish just in case, you know, no team got three fish at three checkpoints because we didn't know. I know Dee Kaminsky and her husband had two fish going into the last checkpoint and um, didn't make it in on time. But, you know, that was the only team I knew of because they were in front of us leaving the leaving snakebite. So I knew they had two fish going into the next checkpoint. That's the, I didn't know uh, Randy and Wade did. That was the only team that I knew that did. So I don't know. You know, the the Louisiana guys getting stuck out Friday night, I mean, that was just, that's crazy. I mean, I'll tell you what, man, there's a lot of things to go bump in the night down there in the Everglades. And for those dudes to have done what they had to do to get out of there and then go back and then come back by paddling on the outside, I mean, they they did like 30 miles in one day. It's just, it's crazy. You know, and that's and, and that, that's one of the things. I, yeah, I see what uh, Captain X Cruz saying. I have a new respect idea how far we can go on a yak. I would have never thought doing that distance. And that's the thing about this tournament, and that's what we tried to preach to everybody going into it. We were, and, and some people took us as being cocky or arrogant or whatever, those of us that fished the first one. We weren't being that at all. We're just trying to explain to people, you have no concept of what you're about to do. Because when you try and break down that kind of a distance, 20-plus miles of, of, of kayaking, and having to navigate and, and then go back to the place where you just got your, your token from at some point, putting extra miles on you anyway, that was the hardest part of this event. You know, Catching a fish, I think that with the caliber of, of anglers that were down there, in fact, I was, I was like shocked to see some of the guys that came down to fish this thing and to see the caliber of anglers that were there not catch fish. I wasn't surprised because I'm not surprised that Alex and I didn't catch all three, you know, three fish at three checkpoints because we didn't have freaking time. You know, it's, 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 
you're, you're essentially fishing three completely different areas. So, so unless you have had time to uh, pre-fish similar type areas, not the same area, but similar type areas to kind of get a feel for, okay, over here, where would they like to, you know, um, where were the, where would they want to be, blah, 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 whatever. Um, a good example is that, is that second checkpoint we hit. The water was like, seriously, it was like milk of magnesia. And if you told me that there were fish sitting in that crap when there was crystal clear water just outside of it, I never would have believed you. Because here, in our backyard, typically, if the water is crap here, but it's clean down the way, the fish are in the clean stuff, you know? So, but it, it, it was backwards. I, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Um, no, you don't know, you do not know your checkpoint locations uh, on pre-fishing day. And pre-fishing this particular tournament, honest to God, is a complete and utter waste of time. Because we did it last year. We, what did we do last year, Alex? 18 miles? Yeah, right at 18, 17, 18 miles. Yeah, we did 18, 17 or 18 miles last year. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we never once saw the same body of water on tournament day. Never once passed by the same mangrove edge, nothing. So, and, and our pre-fishing last year was all for naught because the front came through at night and cooled everything down and, and, and turned the turn the bike completely on its head, you know, what I went from, I went from what I had like 40 or 50 fish on Friday last, last year. I, I caught two day of the yeah. tournament and, and I was doing yeah. the same thing I did the day before, but you know, the bike completely changed and, and you just, but that's, that too is one of the draws of this event. That's one of the things to me that makes this event so unique is because it, it, it's completely up in the air, anybody's ball game, you know. You have to do the time management. You have to have the stamina and the ability to be able to go out there and get after it and the mental strength to not give up, not to, not to give in and say, you know what, I'm, I'm whooped. I can't do it. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it was, you know, pre-fishing it, I mean, unless you had time to pre-fish it several days in advance and, and really lock down a pattern and then let yourself rest day before so that you had fresh, you know, fresh, fresh energy going into day of tournament, it's just almost counterproductive. But it, it, that that's the thing, though. The original course as it was laid out, was virtually impossible regardless. Um, yeah. Wait, and, hold and, on a second. Wade's saying it was not a waste of time to pre-fish. I'm not saying that the fishing itself was a waste of time. I'm saying that to truly pre-fish for a tournament, which is what a lot of folks did and, and we did ourselves, kind of, we more or less just went fishing. Because if, if it were up to me to go pre-fish for something like this, I would have definitely went on the outside, you know, be honest with you, I definitely would have went to the outside. We would have fished in up towards Snake Bite, Florida Bay, because that is where our stronghold is. As a, as, as a group of anglers from the Space Coast, the cleaner water where we can see fish, 
that's that's where we we do much better. That's because that's what we're used to. <clears throat> I love fishing. I don't give a shit where I'm fishing. I don't care if I'm fishing in in a creek. I don't care if I'm fishing out in the middle of the ocean. I just enjoy fishing. So I like to fish. I don't mind going fishing before the actual event. But what me and Alex what me and Alex did on Friday was retarded. I mean, we we, sh- we shouldn't have put ourselves to that. That just didn't make any sense. But, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, like I said before, at the top of the show, I have mad respect for anybody that, that took on the challenge. I have, I have mad respect for anybody that made it to, at least made it to three checkpoints just because of the fact you covered so much ground in one day. Um, and regardless of, of what anybody uh, – what anybody says or did or whatever, however the, the chips may have fallen. I always, you know, like I said, I had a great time with, with great people hanging around campfires and, and the camaraderie is always great, man. So, well, that's it. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's tough, man. When I look at it like this too, and, and I think a lot of folks need to, you gotta be, you gotta, in in, in a way you gotta kind of feel for, them as the tournament directors, depending upon how the original situation kind of took a crap <laughs> because they had a, they had a sweet setup over there in Everglades city. And for whatever reason, they had to change locations. So whoever dropped the ball on that end, whether it be our tournament directors or the park, you know, whichever way that fell, you know, that really kind of, they really kind of put a dampen on it for a lot of folks. I think was just the fact that it it seemed like it was thrown together, and I don't know. But I will tell you, I'm uh, I'm game for next year if it's uh, if it's in Florida. Um, I know they were talking at one point about maybe taking this thing to Louisiana or something like that, and I don't know. We'll see. But uh, that's the thing, man. It's just God. Uh, I, did, uh, I think they have it, – it, it's certainly a, a solid format. And it was solid enough of a format and fun enough of a tournament to have, you know, everybody, you know, certainly in our group, uh, you know, the four of us that did the original one, and then, you know, it had us jacked up and ready to go. You know, and, and the tor- the tournament is – it's a fun format. It definitely does make you push yourself that you typically wouldn't do to yourself in, a, in one day of fishing, but um, you know it's 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 an investment. You know it's an investment for you to pick up and go down there for several days, and and, and also to to just to enter the tournament alone is an investment. And uh, it, it's it was disheartening to see it because you know that that's that was kind of my feelings. You know that that you know even though they had the tournament last year, this was the year that. There was several more. I mean, there was a whole lot more, you know, of the the guys that would be considered, I guess, for lack of a better term, the legitimate kayak angling community. You know, the guys that fish every tournament that comes up. Um, There was a lot more of those out there this year. And um, you just didn't have that. You didn't have that last year. And and, uh, that's where I hope they, they didn't. Sour enough because it was nice to have that level of competition in the 
in the tournament because that means you want to push even harder and go even you know go even stronger. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for me, I would definitely definitely love to do another one, and um, you know, but like I said, it, it would have to have there definitely have to be some retooling of the situation. Personally, for me, I don't mind the distance. I think the distance we did was, was decent, um, you know, in that 20-mile range, somewhere in there. You know, that's a good <laughs> amount of – I mean, that weeds – honestly, it's, it's it, you know, if it was just a kayak fishing tournament, then it would be a kayak fishing tournament. You go fish an area and see how big of a fish you can catch. You know, this is an endurance, you know, teamwork. It's got so many different factors to it. You know, that amount of distance with, you know, if we had that same amount of distance that we covered but had twice as many checkpoints, you know, there it's a whole different ball game. You actually have people being able to spend an hour or more fishing an area, you know. That, there's things that need that, that, that certainly could be looked at. And I know several people have talked about writing letters and, and talking to them. And, and for what it's worth, I'm definitely going to let them know what I thought of it compared to last year and hope that, you know, that they can take any criticism or advice in, in stride and not take it as a knock against them, but, you know, people only wanting to make the situation better. That being said, I had a great time. You know, it was fun. It was a pain in the rear. Um, you know, immediately when I got done doing it, I said there was no way I was going to do another one. And that's the same thing I said immediately when I got done doing the last one. You know, it makes you not want to do it again. But then in, in the same breath, it makes you want to do it again because of the challenge and because of the camaraderie and everything else, you know. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's certainly a good, a good tournament. I, I definitely don't knock it, and I would seriously look at doing it, you know, every time it comes up. But they definitely need to look at a few things and, and tighten a few things up. And, uh, yeah, and I'm with you 100%. I mean, they had plenty of time to, to you know, make – Ziploc bags with everybody's name on it. I saw we saw them packaging up the shirts earlier in the day um, in those Ziploc bags, and we in turn saw later in the evening got that Ziploc bag with our shirt in it. No reason that thing shouldn't have been taped to the measuring board. You know, it, 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 they things like that that they did they did they messed up pretty bad. You know, I mean it was hard to have a hundred guys standing on a shoreline for an hour and a half waiting to go fishing. You know, so yeah, you know, and and you know, we've got 15 people here in the chat room. I'm sure this is going to be a, a a very highly listened to podcast. I'm sure a lot of folks will take from it what you want. And please understand what I what I'm telling you is that I'm not I'm not knocking the event because I love the style of the event. I'm I'm just voicing my opinion on how things kind of unfolded. So you know, it is what it is. Um, I did have an opportunity to, uh, get my first peacock bass, which I was pumped about that. So that was cool. Um, and just see some really cool crap, man. I mean, it's not very often when you, you're sitting on a flat and a six foot tarpon swims by you, like you're not even there. Or you look over and there's, you know, a six or seven foot bull shark chilling on the flat. that's in two foot of water. It was a definitely a lot of fun. I think that there's a lot of areas um, both on the West Coast and on the East Coast, where they can do a uh, um, where they can do a tournament like this, 
of Florida itself. I mean, I, I even, after last year, I actually pushed to see if they do one down here or here by us in the lagoon because mm-hmm. Lord knows there's plenty of islands out there. There's plenty of places you can make checkpoints and, uh, you know, nothing would be right on the water unless you went to somewhere else. But, you know, um, the, the opportunity for the checkpoints and the whole thing would be, would be a possibility. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. We'll Man, see. You know, that's, that's where I fall. The, the format was great. I mean, I, the format is perfect for what it's billed as and what it actually is, you know, which is an endurance and, and thing like that. I think they may have taken it a little too far with the endurance challenge this year, you know, and, and lost, lost sight of the fact that those people, you know, they had 100 people coming down there to fish, not just, you know, not just paddle. Um, I don't think we spent more than uh, last year when we did it. I don't think we spent more than an hour um, on any of the, the, the sections of water that we had to cover to get to another checkpoint. The farthest, you know, the farthest stretch we had was that three-mile stretch to get to um, the, the very outside checkpoint from our other outside. I think it was a little over three miles. And we covered that in about an hour. And it, it, it was, you know... You felt like you had time to fix someone, you know, and that that just wasn't wasn't the case this year. You just didn't feel like you had any time to fish. I mean, we were in great, we we caught fish early and quick at that first checkpoint. We were in great shape going into the second one, or, or, or on our way to the second one. By the time we got there, ten miles later, um, you know, at that point we only had. 45 minutes, an hour at the most, and we stayed there for an hour and 15 minutes. And that extra 30 minutes that we stayed there, we only had 10 minutes at the last checkpoint. And um, and it wasn't like spent all day at that first checkpoint trying to get a fish. I mean, I think we were there for a total of 45 minutes and had a fish and were gone. You know, and and you know we played it as almost as well as you could play it, and still couldn't couldn't you know, feasibly have the time to do it. You know, there were people that did it, you know, but you're talking about, you know, six people out of 100 were able to accomplish the mission, which that was not the case with with the last tournament. Um, I think over half of the the field was able to get to the checkpoint and get a fish and get back, you know, and and this year that wasn't the case, you know. I mean, your, your rate of return on those people coming back and, and actually completing the course, uh, even though it was a challenging and they felt like they had accomplished amazing things in that day, you know, they, they still were able to complete and, and, and finish the tournament. Whereas it, it almost felt like, you know, I know I think I heard Drew say it, I think, um, that, that it felt like they set, set you up for failure. Um, you know, it was almost like there was no way to do it. And, and by all means, uh, you know, Steve and his partner, the and Crazy guys, um, you know, two of their teams put in top place. One of those teams was a guy that had been up all night long, you know, and, and uh, you know, they did amazing work. All three of those teams all showed up within the last ten minutes of, of closing of the, check, of the uh, tournament. You know, so that just goes to show you that even those guys that did well, 
were vir- I mean virtually on the edge of complete failure you know yeah. and for you have people that were were not just fishing well but fishing extremely well and getting through and getting it done and and um and they caught quality fish and and, and they did a great job you know but for those guys to come in you know just before the 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 close of business with the thing is is just kind of you know that just went to show you that maybe they stretched it a little too far and uh, and hopefully they understand that and they can look at those numbers and see that pretty quickly because if you think about it i think the only only uh there was uh what three other teams that that got two fish at, at two tech points and then it rolled right into the teams that only got one fish and, and you know that's you know to to only have six teams out of fifty even just get two fish. I mean that's you know showing you where it went. And um and, and there was a lot of teams that DQ'd on time. A lot of teams. So you know or just frankly just gave up because they didn't get their first fish within twenty minutes. And basically if you didn't you were done. Yeah, we we talked but, to a couple of those guys on the way out of. Uh, at a snake bite, there was a team that we come across, and they're like, "Look, we're done for the day. We're just gonna pre-fish." And I'm thinking to myself, "Dude, we like you still got some time. Like, you might want to." And then I'm then I start yeah. then I start doing the math in my head, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, they really don't have any time." No, and neither. And realistically, we had done great at that checkpoint, and and where we were at, we're already a third of the way to the next one, but realistically we didn't even have time and we did wonderful you know so it, it's just hopefully they take a look at that and um it's a great format um i haven't done a lot of kayak competitions um i've fished uh you know inshore a few um tournaments and and i've done several offshore tournaments and and you don't get the camaraderie um out of a boat tournament as you do out of the, the kayak stuff and you know, it has the potential to become something that's not just a tournament, but people coming to gather for the year and stuff right, like more that. more like a boondoggle. Just, exactly, boondoggle with the tournament aspect to it. And and I just hope, I hope that, that uh, you know, and it was, and like I said, I mean, it was cool with only, you know, the 30 teams the first time, um, but it, it seemed uh, a little more little more pull to it this year with that that those extra teams and and the guys that were a little bit more you know uh, some of those guys that fish all the the uh the kayak fishing tournaments and stuff like that and and that that draw was even that that much more of a little you know a little tantalizing thing and um you know just hate to have them continue to to slide down because it won't last long as a tournament, you know, and it was fun. It, it was fun the first year and it was fun this year, you know. I mean, I have, of course we always have fun. I don't think I don't think you can get the the Space Coast kayak guys, at least us, you know, that's little core group together and not have a really good freaking time. Basically, you'd have to have not have a pulse if you can't have a good time with us. That's pretty <laughs> much where that stands. So, yeah. I mean, well, I'll uh, t- the good time, the good times there, and you hate for the good time to go because the other stuff can't follow along and, and, and produce with it. So I'll, I'll tell you what I was talking to somebody I can't remember who it was because I wasn't in the right frame of mind to remember, but I was talking to somebody <laughs> one night while we were there, and I was telling them how cool would it be just to do like a weekend long tournament, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type event, or even longer. 
like just a crazy endurance kind of a thing, but giving you plenty of time to fish areas. And say like you started in Key Largo and you had to go from Key Largo to Flamingo. Or you had to go from Key Largo to Chukaleski or something crazy like that. You know, like it could right. be like a straight up like a week long challenge or whatever and make it a huge money deal. Um, get big, get corporate sponsors kicking some money so that you're actually walking out of there with a, with a pretty legitimate check. I think that that would be awesome because it's going to also add, it would also have to add a camping element to it. Then again, time management would be a thing. But now you're pretty much on your own to go and fish. And nothing says you have to fish a specific area. You would just have to complete the task in, in, the, in the allotted time. And it could be something as simple as a total inches for all of the fish that, uh, that, was, uh, that, that, that you caught during your trip. So, it, you know, pick your, pick your whatever three species of fish or whatever and – Say you guys go out and say one team catches 30 fish for an average of, uh, say, an average of, uh, I don't know, 25 inches per fish or whatever. And then another team goes out and only catches 10 fish, and they've got an average of 15, 15 fish, uh, 15 inches, whatever. The team with the most uh, inches at the end of the deal, I think that would be pretty sweet to uh, to win that way. Something crazy like that. I mean, I don't know. You never know. It, it's that's the thing I think that's interesting is you have uh, with the kayak industry is we have the ability to be able to do really, really cool tournaments and really fun kind of ways of doing them. And it's still, it's still not, still doesn't have the pressure of a big dollar tournament, you know? Um, yeah, we did 24 hours. Jean and I did 24 hours for a fishathon one time and she almost fell asleep and rolled off the dock when she was fishing with a rod in her hand. And, but, you know, I'm just saying, like, a good example of what I think guys should do, and, and I agree with you, uh, Murdoch, inshore, offshore, freshwater. I mean, it, if you want to get down to it in competition, all right, and, 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 and let's just be frank, okay, there's a lot of people in the fishing world that feel like they should dominate over everybody else all the time for whatever reason. All right. And, and, and there's times where if you guys, if you guys were here on the space coast and you're like, Hey, let's all go fishing and stuff. Don't think that when I fish with my boys, like, like Alex or, or Randy or, or Wade or Peppy or Alan, that I don't want to whoop their asses every time we fish. <laughs> Cause we do want to beat each other every time we fish. That's just the way it is, you know? Um, but I think, I think that there's a lot of, there, there, there would be a lot of interest in trying to crown somebody as like the, for the year, like the, the kayak angler for the year for, let's just say the state of Florida. So what if there was an inshore offshore and freshwater tournament series, quote unquote, that did all of that? Because in my opinion, if you want to call yourself the best of the best, if you want to say you're one of the best of the best, you have to be disciplined in all phases of fishing. You know, anybody can go out and catch spot tail catfish. There's that. There's no big deal with that. I mean, it's it's literally a spot tail catfish, redfish, right? Like, let's be let's be real about it. If you want to go out and you want to say that you're the jam or whatever, 
if you can't go inshore and catch a fish, go offshore and catch a fish, and then find a bass somewhere, you know, you're not that well, you're not that well-rounded. But I think if you were to say we're looking to crown the state's champion or whatever, like, you know, they call this the world championship. Hobie has the world championship. Everyone has the, the uh, you know, the, well, you know what I'm saying, Drew. <laughs> Don't complicate things. Um, everybody has, like, a different world championship or a championship or whatever. Why not do, like, a state of Florida, a straight-up state of Florida fishing tournament? You call it a series if you want, whatever, and maybe do three events and or maybe do actually what would be cool would make it long throughout the year like you used to do the, the hot circuit up here by us for offshore only um but uh if you did like three inshore tournaments three offshore tournaments and three freshwater tournaments and spread them out around the state so no nobody had an advantage right and then you make those tournaments one of those deals where when you show up to check in for captain's meeting you're fishing where you where the tournament's being held. None of this driving across the world or going home to your home waters or any of this kind of shit. You got to be, you have to be, you have to be good enough to find fish wherever they make you fish. You know, I think that would be a really cool tournament. I mean, I would be down for it. You know, um, I think that, I think that that would also draw a pretty hefty crowd of people. Um, making the entry fee somewhat of, of a reasonable amount of money, um, but do a hundred percent payback, you know, or at least a 90% payback, or even if you did a 75% payback and 25% to charity or whatever, if you put cash in, if you get cash involved, then you'll, you'll see numbers of people who want to enter these tournaments start to kind of improve. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd have, You'd have guys who would show up who would be as as legit guys and girls. Sorry, you'd have guys and girls show up who are just about as legit as they can get because that's not something that everybody would feel comfortable in doing. And I think that that's kind of what this tournament, the Adventure Fishing World Championship, does. It allows people to kind of step outside their comfort zone and say, you know what, let's do it. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Drew's Drew, Drew's mad at me because I'm as he's already doing 27 tournaments this year, which is crazy. But you know, I, I think that if you added, I think if you added something like that, I think that it would be interesting. And uh, you know, I, I think you get a lot of people to come out to it. You know, another thing that while we're on the topic of tournament fishing, that I know we've all talked about um, a lot of times is uh, there's a lot of folks that, that feel like tournament fishing isn't for them because they feel that a lot of times tournaments are rigged. And if you don't hear that scutterbutt wherever you live, you're not in the inner circle of the kayak fishing industry, apparently, because there's a lot of, and I'm not, trust me when I tell you, I'm not piggybacking this on, on any comments going on in the chat room <coughs> or onto any current events. It's just a fact, and everybody knows it, that, that, there's, that there's an underlined uncertainty of a lot of, a lot of shenanigans that have taken place over the course of the short life of the kayak fishing industry. And um, I think if you did a tournament series where 
not only when you check in do you have to show, you know, all of your gear, whatever, but also the morning of you getting ready to leave, you have to show up, let's say, an hour before launch, and everyone's boat has to be gone through with a fine-tooth comb. And if you've got something in your boat that you shouldn't have in your boat, you know, i.e. a chunk of mullet, <laughs> a ladyfish, uh, some shrimp in a bag, um, any kind of thing like that, Randy volunteers to do cavity searches since she's a prison guard. He's already used to doing that. Um, but, uh, you know, you, I'm just saying, because if you did that, I think that uh, – I think that there's I think that there's guys that uh that would show up and actually fish thinking that there's a very good possibility that it's going to be the the uh the most straight straight run tournament that that you can find. I mean there's always going to be cheaters. There's no way you can stop them completely, but if, at least if you make it as hard for them as possible, then you know, cuz I mean just look at the look at the redfish boat circuit. I mean, how many how many captains and well known anglers do you know that have been kicked out of the out of the redfish circuit or even bass fishing? I mean, up until like three years ago, it seemed like one or two guys a week were getting thrown out of a freaking tournament for cheating, you know. And it it that's what puts a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, you know. If you get if you or even if you just set up a tournament and have it set up similar in fashion to the camping, the camaraderie, the hanging out, the whatever. Um, I think that that, that just kind of changes it, man. You know what I'm saying? It kind of makes people feel like you're a part of something as opposed to here's my check to get into this thing. Oh, cool. I fished it and I suck. So I didn't win anything. Damn. I'm out like this much money because I drove all the way up here and the weather sucked and this sucked and that sucked. You know, like Jacksonville was a great, was a, is a great example of of a tournament that you know we we went we fished we had a damn good time even though we it sucked for us we had a damn good time we got this we got to crash at a good friend's house and hang out and have a you know just have a good time talking to local guys and stuff like that and meeting new people but it, it didn't matter to us if we won placed or didn't or, or otherwise because we were there to have a good time and I think if if we can show some of the new guys who are getting into the sport that look, man, these, these events are much more than just much more than just, uh, give me your entry fee and go out and good luck. Kind of a, kind of an event. You might get more people to, to think about getting involved in it. I mean, look at the boondoggle for God's sakes. It's not even a tournament. You know, the first one, there was like 14 people there. The second one, there was like 30 something people there. And then uh, we had 60 or 70 people um, at, at – or 70 or 80 people at Virginia Beach or whatever it was. And then we had God only knows how many people at Cars Park. And then we had a bunch of people up at the Panhandle. So it's grown. It's gotten bigger and bigger. And more people want to come to it. You know, more, it, it's just – and it's because the word has gotten out. It's a great time. So uh, – yeah, there's another – here's a big tournament in Pensacola the same weekend as the Jacksonville deal, isn't it? Inshore and offshore is the same weekend. But uh, Drew just posted yeah. something up there. But I don't know. You know, this is one of those conversations that can go on forever and ever and ever. You know, I think next – I think honestly, I think next week um, 
next week I think we're going to the, the topic I'd like to talk about, which is one that's like really getting on my nerves, is uh, and, and this is going to make a lot of people laugh is is the buffoonery that's going on in this industry with pro staffery. It's gotten completely out of control. And um, I'd really, really like to kind of tackle that topic next week if anybody dares to get involved in it. Um, it's one of those, it's, it's you know, most of us that, that fish, we've got companies that support us and stuff. And I know f- by looking at the people in the chat room, there's a lot of guys in there that have earned their way and have paid their dues and such. And I, I'm pretty sure that you probably know what I'm talking about when I, when I say that, you know, and I'm, I know for a fact that Drew Mixon's, yeah, I'm down. Chuck, he says, cool. Cause I, I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, I, social media has, has kind of drowned out, you know, what used to, what used to take folks like myself, uh, you know, years and years and years to accomplish now a guy can go catch catch a bass in a pond or go catch a redfish on a piece of mullet and next thing you know he's the greatest fisherman on the planet and he's trying to promote everybody's stuff so i don't know we're we're going to wow we're going to buy receiving free toilet paper non pro staff Mur- murdoch is uh is pro staff for pro staffery for uh Haynes or no what's what's what Charmin Charmin extra soft I don't know but no, I definitely want to talk about that I mean it's just it give maybe even we'll give some some tips that's what we should do we should give some tips on 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 what you can do to go about doing it the legit way you know because I mean I don't know do you know what I'm saying Alex when I say that yeah, I feel you on that one. You know, I don't really walk much of a line with all that stuff. I'm not, not too into it, you know. If I like something and 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 those people choose to associate themselves with me, if I like something, I'm going to tell people about it. I'm pretty much an open book when it comes to what I do and, and the fishing I do around here. And I actually catch a lot of heat from that from a lot of people. But um, I'll tell you what, when I receive phone calls and people go trips with me, they're awfully happy that I'm, that I'm over with them and I tell them what's going on and, and I'm only going to use a product that, that works for me. You know, I've spent enough time on the water. I don't have time for crap that doesn't work basically. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's very few companies that, that I will actually say that I truly believe they're, you know, great product and they're a good company. And that just doesn't come from, you know, just their product doing good and working well. It comes from the people that are behind the company. You know, i I paddled Malibu kayaks for many years, and and I wasn't, you know, the product was great. The company, not so wonderful. You know, they had their issues at the time, and I I hope they're doing better now. Um, But, uh, you know, it was hard for me to stand behind that product. Granted, the the product was good, Um, but but to recommend somebody something, and, and, uh, you know, there is a right way and a wrong way to do things. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I know there's one guy that has, there's a few guys that have it down and they, they know what it takes, but it, it, it's not just that. You have to be able to produce. It's a, it's a marketing scheme. It's a, it's a beneficial, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. And if it's not mutually beneficial, then it's, it's not right. You know, if you're not doing something for them, 
that they can actually legitimately say, You're, this product is selling more because you are, then realistically it's all kind of a joke. It's marketing. And, and, and in the long run it is all marketing. You know, but, but I equate it, and I know I've, I've talked to you about it, and uh, I equate it to, to kind of what the surfing industry went through 20 years ago. You know, when Volcom just started and, and lost, and, you know, Quicksilver was already there, but just started really taking off. And, you know, 20 years ago, you could surf in a couple of tournaments and, or a contest and, and, you know, send a resume to any company and they'd send you a box full of shit. And, you know, and you'd stick stickers all over your boards and it awfully reminiscent of what's going on right now. Um, you do that right now to the surfing industry. You send a letter with two contest entries in it that you didn't do so well in and a couple of pictures or a thrown-together reel on YouTube or something like that, and you'll be even lucky to get a rejection reply, you know. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a new industry. Granted, some people have been using kayaks to fish for thousands of years. But the industry as we see it and as we know it today is a brand new industry. I mean, there's a lot of great companies out there making kayak products. When were their inception dates? Granted, you know, some of them are a little bit older. Most of them, less than 10 years, I'd have to say, you know, and the majority of them, probably less than five. Uh, it's, it's just kind of the way it goes. I got into kayak fishing because I, I grew up waiting. I grew up here on the lagoons. I walk down, I ride my bike down the street at Pine Island, and I jump in the Indian River every single day after school when i got in a kayak i was like this is like waiting with a whole bunch of shit with me you know i get all these lures and i get all this stuff and i don't have to carry a backpack this is awesome you know and and i fell in love with it right away and i had a crappy little piece of crap kayak and when i started guiding it was one of the first things i wanted to to put out there because i enjoyed it so much you know and and unless you you can you know feel a little bit of love for it and and really put yourself out there as as a person that enjoys it you know just getting a box of stuff doesn't really you know doesn't really complete any kind of circle for you you know um yeah. you know a lot of yeah. people like like to pr- promote themselves and there's nothing wrong with self promotion i mean I I I catch flack all day from people, you know, I've lost, you know, friends that I've had for years on Facebook that are, you know, they don't want to hear any more about my business. Well, my business is me. I'm a fishing guy. That's what I am. That's what I do. That's how I feed my kids. So if I'm talking to you and we're talking about fishing, then I'm going to tell you I'm a fishing guy, you know. However, you know, self-promotion for the sake of of just getting one box of stuff, you know, just long enough to, <laughs> to, to get a box of stuff is, is, you know, there's a whole different aspect to it. And eventually, I personally feel just like the surfing industry, as it grew and is now a multi-billion dollar industry where you can feasibly have a, a solid career, even if you're not surfing, on, even if you're not riding a surfboard. But in the, uh, you know, the, the entire, uh, you know, ball of wax, to speak, that has become surfing, the industry itself, you know, there's viable job options, there's stuff like that. This industry, kayak fishing, isn't going anywhere. You know, it's only getting bigger. And as that creates more opportunities, and, and you know, it's going to also close some of those doors, though, I think. A lot of these companies are going to get to a point 
sending a thousand people buying shit isn't the the best way to get their advertising. You know, it is hard right. to, to with social media though. Like you said, social media has thrown a big loop into everything. I mean, it, there was no Facebook five years ago. You know, there was MySpace, but nobody used it unless you were fourteen. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a whole different ball game now. So you know, we'll see. Yeah, but I'm down to, <clears throat> down to two minutes left, man. If anybody wants to, uh, real quick, well, let me just say this real fast. The reason why I bring this up is because um, I was recently asked at the shop if I would be willing to put somebody on my pro staff. And I'm like, my pro staff? Like like KBB Outfitters pro staff? Uh, I don't have a pro staff, really. I mean, really? who are you? <laughs> Was what I asked. I mean, I don't even know your name. Tell me your name. Tell me some. Tell me something about you, whatever the case may be, but... Um, so it just kind of threw me for a loop, man, and, and we'll get more into it. I just got told in my ear I got 90 seconds. So, Alex, real quick, contact information. www.localliancecharters.com on the interweb, 321-480-3255 if you want to give me a call. Kayak fishing, skiff fishing, inshore near Port Canaveral, lagoons, mosquito, Banana River and Indian River Lagoon. Give me a ring if you just want to talk fishing. All right. Cool. Excellent. And then, uh, of course, thank you, everybody who showed up down there. It was a great time. We had an awesome time, as always. I want to thank uh, my sponsors, Hobie, Orca Coolers, Tackle Webs, Railblazer, Yak Gear, Ego Nets, Eno, Bending Branches, Slayer Inc. Lures, KBB, KBB Outfitters, Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks, and, of course, Adventurous Custom Rods. Appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Feel free to tune in next week as I'm sure that will rattle some cages. The topic will be pro staffery at its finest. So uh, feel free to check that out. To everybody who's listening tonight to the podcast, listening live, take a kid fishing in the future of our sport. God bless. Be safe out there. We'll talk to you again next week. Um, And with that, we are out. See ya. Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.